0: From coast to coast. This is Betting Across America
1: on
2: vSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Happy New Year to you and yours. Dave Ross coming to you from Circus Sportsbook. We have our own Wes Reynolds over there at Mandalay Bay. And Wes, boy, we've seen some games flip here in the second halves. Iowa has just turned away Kentucky with a pick, about four minutes to go there in regulation. They are up 17 13. And how about we've come to the end of the third quarter, and Notre Dame once led 14-0, 28-7 to at the half. They are now trailing 31-28, and on the live number, they're now, it's off the board, or two and a half right now, the over is off the board right now. But, Wes, both of these games have flipped. Double-digit deficits for both these teams, and now both of those teams leading outright.
1: Yeah, Dave, I'm not seeing a live price yet for Iowa-Kentucky. May not get one with only 359 left here in the Citrus Bowl down in Orlando. Iowa trying to defend the honor of the Big Ten. Uh, big Ten lost a couple to the SEC, obviously the big one, Michigan against Georgia, and then earlier today, Arkansas going ahead and taking care of Penn State. So Iowa trying to defend the uh, the honor of the Big Ten Conference, 17-13. to 13, Kentucky does have three timeouts left, 3.51 to go. So they're taking their timeouts now. Iowa basically trying to run the ball and run this clock out. And You mentioned Iowa did turn over. Kentucky got another interception. That's, by the way, 25 this year for the Iowa wow. Hawkeyes. So, the postseason has not changed for Iowa this year. I've said how good they are in turnover margin. They've been getting a lot of the turnover luck their way. Those 25 interceptions for the Hawkeyes, by the way, number one in all of FBS football. So, Iowa trying to run the ball and uh, get the clock done. Uh, Kentucky did take their first time out. 351 left to go. The only thing at MGM is a money line. If you want to lay $12 here to win a hunt or $1,200 to win a 100 basically on the money line for Iowa would have been plus 750 for Kentucky. I think that's taken off the board. You got to think if Iowa just gets a first down here – this game's going to be over, and they're going to be able to run out this clock. So 17-13, your current score. Also back to the Fiesta Bowl. We are currently through three quarters. Oklahoma State did just take the lead. This is a 24 to nothing point run for Oklahoma State. Keep in mind the Irish were out early, 28-7. Jack Cohn having over 350 yards in the first half and four touchdowns really has done nothing here in the second half. Nice adjustment by Mike Gundy and his guys. Oklahoma State, thirty-one to twenty-eight, minus two and a half, minus a dollar fifty-five. Take back on the Irish, plus a dollar twenty. If you want to take that two and a half money line, minus one seventy-five. Oklahoma State, plus a dollar thirty-five on Notre Dame. And the current total, as you mentioned, seventy-two and
2: a half. Yeah, to your point about Iowa too, with all those turnovers, and they said, well, it's kind of fluky. No, that's how they've won ten games. They're ten and three for a reason because mm-hmm. they depend on that defense. They get takeaways. This is exactly the game script that they normally right. have. Uh, on their way the Right. To success. It,
1: it, is it an aberration or is it a trend? And it's kind of becoming a trend right. for the Iowa Hawkeyes. So, uh, look, uh, both of these teams, by the way, have won 15 in a row in terms of non-conference games. Last loss for Iowa January 2nd, 2017. Last for Kentucky December 29th, 2017. So, somebody's going to get an L put on them. Right now, it's the Wildcats, but Iowa still has to get a first down
2: here. Okay, here we go, Wes. I've got a question for you here if you're Kirk Ferentz. So you've got fourth and one, you're up by four, that Kentucky has used their last timeout. Do you punt the football back, trust your defense one more time in mm. Kentucky with no timeouts, or on your own side of the field, go for it on fourth and one. But if you don't get it, you give life to Kentucky down four. What do you think the decision will be for Kirk Ferentz?
1: Dave, I'm a guy that's more, uh, you know, has more of a proclivity to go for it in this situation. However, I have watched Iowa all season long. We talked about the turnovers being being kind of a trend here. The offense being a little bit poor and and kind of like pulling teeth to move the football has also been a trend for Iowa. So no timeouts left. Wow. 3:36 left to go. They're going to go. This is a Kentucky team that wants to run the football. Yeah, I guess you go, I guess in a bowl game maybe you know you t- you're a little bit more risk it for the biscuit, but this is an Iowa team. Look, I guess he's going to challenge his offensive line. I'm on a little bit of delay here watching this monitor, but well, I thought maybe they might punt it here with 338.
2: Let's see if they try to go hard count. And again, a lot of people with a lot of tickets yeah. both ways here. Let's see if they try the old hard count or if they're really going to go because right now it looks like They're stalling for the hard count. I think that's exactly what Kirk Ferentz is going to do. He's not going to snap this football. They're going to take a timeout, and I believe they're going to punt the football away. So, life for Kentucky backers, they're probably going to have to go the length of the field here. But, again, it's Mm -hmm. fourth and inches. Fourth and one, it's a full yard. I don't want to say inches. It's a full yard for Iowa. Notre Dame, by the way, they have a first down now into Oklahoma State territory. 31-28, we've got a lot of drama in the two bowl games currently going on right now. We'll keep you updated as those games, boy, very intriguing right now, Uh, certainly in the live betting market. Let's look ahead again, Wes, to Sunday's action here, and another team that's really been hard to figure out. I mean, how do you figure out the Miami Dolphins are the first team in NFL history to have a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same season, and now they're getting three on the road against Tennessee, really gutted out a nice win against San Francisco not too long ago. What do you make of this number here? Is the Titans still trying to either go for home field or at least the two seed uh, right now in the AFC playoff picture?
1: Yeah, and these are kind of like two teams I would almost want to go against, to be honest with you, because look, Miami uh, has won seven straight games. They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They're six and one, by the way, against the number. So in that span, but you also have to look at who Miami has faced. You have to take this in the context. Uh, they did. Uh, they started this winning streak, I believe, against the Texans, where that was the nine turnover combined game. Very ugly game. Miami won. They beat Lamar Jackson and the and the Ravens on a Thursday night. So they've had to face Tyrod Taylor, Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco. Cam Newton and a combination of Cam Newton and also P.J. Walker when they stomped Carolina. Then they faced Mike Glennon and the Giants beat them. Then they faced Zach Wilson uh, returning the rookie with the Jets and went ahead and swept them in the season series. And then last Monday night played rookie Ian Book in his first start. And speaking of Ian Book, formerly of Notre Dame, looks like we have a turnover mm-hmm. here. Oklahoma State pulls the ball out. So uh, we will get back to this Dolphins Titan momentarily. Now 31- 28. Still about a full quarter left to play here in Glendale, but Oklahoma State minus three and a half, 74 and a half on the updated total at BetMGM. So back to Miami and Tennessee. Miami really has not beaten anybody. Right. So I don't want to say that they're totally fraudulent because they've won seven games in a row, but You look at Tennessee, I thought this line was a little low when they put it out, and that's what scared me off the Titans because they were laying three. I'm like, well, this is the game. If they go ahead and win, they officially clinch the AFC South, and look, I think they're going to win the AFC South. They just just can't lose their last two and have the Colts win their last two because, remember, Tennessee does have the tiebreaker over Miami, but... If I do anything with this game, it might be like the Titans as a money line parlay and try to find maybe a bigger favorite because the Titans money line right now, you're probably looking at like a dollar seventy-five or something around there with them laying three and a half. Uh, I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a little lukewarm, Dave, in terms of backing Miami in this situation, but Tennessee is a home favorite, has not been their best role. We know Mike Vrabel, very good as an underdog, mm-hmm. so... More than likely, I'm leaving this one alone.
2: Right, to your point, very quickly, back to the bowl games here. Oklahoma State has taken that turnover very quickly. They've got a first and goal inside the Notre Dame 5, already up by 3. Iowa did punt the football back to Kentucky. Kentucky's got a first down now at about their own 30 here, As They're trying to make a miracle comeback here. So we've, These games have really flipped here on a dime, depending on which side you've been on. Because Remember, Iowa's down by 10 at the half, and uh, Notre Dame led by 14 at the half against Oklahoma State, so big comebacks here in the second half. We'll keep you updated as those games continue. Back to the NFL here. And look, they might be dog teams, but you can still make good money uh, on these games here. The Bears against the Giants. And right now, the Bears at home, after winning that game last week in Seattle, as they went for the win and got it with a uh, play to Jimmy Graham to ice that game against Seattle, now they're going to ask you to lay six and a half against the Giants. Look, I know the Giants are woeful right now. The quarterback play... Uh, Is uh, boy, it's just you're not feeling very good. Been backing the Giants with their with their offense here, Wes. What do you make of this number? Is it too big though, even for the Bears?
1: Before we get to this, by the way, it looks like Oklahoma State was going into the end zone and they have fumbled. I believe this is going to be on review. I'm on a little delay I Whoa. think, from your monitor day, but it looks like the Irish have the football. They have given it back to them, so we will look at this repay very quickly. Wow. That ball is out before he crosses the goal line, so this should be Irish football assuming it's going to get review here. 31-27, but really quickly back to this Giants-Bears game you were talking about. It would almost be Giants or nothing for me, and I I know the Giants have difficulty scoring the football it's like how the heck are they going to get to double digit scoring in this game but it is going to be Mike Glennon who I think is at least a little bit better than Jake from State from and Glennon also <laughs> a former Bears quarterback so might want to pay back his old organization those guys get up for those type of situations with really nothing to play for 4 and 11 against 5 and 10 in terms of the records playoff hopes long gone for both of these teams and one thing I'll say for Chicago They are going back to Andy Dalton. He is going to be activated for this game. We know Justin Fields is going to be out. Nick Foles just went on the road and won you a game in Seattle in the in that snowball that they had up there in, in the Pacific Northwest, so it's like, now you're going back to Andy Dalton who, who who was struggling and really everybody was struggling, whether it was Dalton or Fields, so it's like, you got a guy that wins you a game, and now you put him back to the bench, uh, I question a little bit of a, of a team morale, because all of a sudden the Bears are like, hey, we broke this losing streak, we had lost several in a row, now we got to win, and now you're going and benching the quarterback that won us the game here it would be giants or nothing now this would be hold your nose here but i don't know who the heck the bears are to lay six six and a half really against anybody
2: kind of right there with you wes i can't imagine laying that kind of number here with the bears and their influx of quarterback play even though the giants really struggling to score right uh certainly the last couple weeks they've just been uh, it's been awful offensively so much drama to your point that fumble did stand Notre Dame turns away Oklahoma State, walking in for a touchdown, by the way. So still a three-point game there, third and ten for the Irish. And Kentucky right now has got, they've gotten it to the red zone of Iowa, down 17-13 in the waning seconds there. They're down inside the five. So much drama. Come on back. It's Betting Across America right here on VEASAN, the Esports Betting Network. This is Betty Across America on vSIN,
1: the Sports Betty Network.
2: Before you make your very next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check out the current Betting Splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available from Moneyline over under XANA gets to spread bets. Betting Splits are another way. Beeson is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's Betting Splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. He is at Mandalay Bay. I am here at Circus Sportsbook. Happy New Year to you and yours across America. And, Wes, again, these games flipping back and forth. Notre Dame got stopped at a punt. Remember, they turned away Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has the ball back in Notre Dame territory. They're already down about the 20-yard line of Notre Dame. 11 minutes ago there, three-point lead for the Cowboys. And the drama between Iowa and Kentucky. Kentucky, remember, Iowa to fourth and one, elected to punt after doing the hard count, couldn't get them to jump. Punted, Kentucky just went the length of the field. Touchdown, Kentucky. They now lead it 20-17. to 17. And based on where you got that number, all numbers very much in play here, Wes, as these two games are just toss, topsy-turvy back and forth.
0: I did
1: get a 52-yard pass. Wandale Robinson down to the one-yard line. Iowa, you know, kind of uh, I think Kentucky forced it in there, but Iowa kind of in the position where you got to let them score. They allow that so it's now 20 to 17, Kentucky 148 left to go. The Hawkeyes by the way do have one timeout. Hawkeyes. And and I saw that Kentucky got a false start uh, call back to the six when they mm-hmm. were at the one yard line. I saw the Iowa defender clap and it's like, "No, man. You're in the situation where you got to let them score." By the way, Kentucky did close pretty much market consensus 3-point favorite, so you've at least got a push at this standpoint. Total did close, I believe, 43-and-a-half at BetMGM. There were some 44s out there. So, total absolutely still in the balance here if the Hawkeyes can go ahead and get a score. Uh, I don't know if you really necessarily play for an overtime in a bowl game if Iowa gets down there in field goal range, but they do have one timeout. And, you know, we're now in 2021, and now actually in 2022. I, I forgot the year actually turned, being that it's New Year's Day. So, now it's 2022. In this era anymore, Dave, it's almost like you can't, quote-unquote, trust your defense anymore, even if you have a very good one like the Iowa Hawkeyes because that one play, you know, it's like Kentucky's kind of lowing them to sleep here, matriculating down there slowly, and then all of a sudden they get that quick hitter down to the 5. So now Iowa – not a team that really is great coming from behind, but nor was Kentucky for that matter, and they just did that. So I will get it first and 10 on the 25, 148 left to go.
2: And it looked like Oklahoma State, by the way, had a big first and goal inside the five, but there was a face mask against Oklahoma State. Now they have a third and long. And remember, depending on where you got this number, because this number fluctuated greatly too, if they have to settle for three instead of potential touchdown. That keeps Notre Dame backers because this line move, the the juice came to Oklahoma State today. That could be very tricky because earlier in the week, Notre Dame was his favorite favorite as high as two. So those numbers, again, so much in play here as it looks like Oklahoma State is going to have to kick a field goal here just inside the 20 against Notre Dame. We'll see if that is good. Woo! Drama in both those games will keep you updated as we go. But right now it's time to play a little buy, sell, or hold And let's go to the NFC here first, Wes. And let's look at the NFC because – or the AFC, rather. Let's look at the AFC first. The Chiefs, you can understand here, the odds to get the number one seed here. And for the East here, the Buffalo Bills, the overwhelming favorite to go ahead and win this division at minus 800. The Patriots at plus 550. The Dolphins, I know they're on this incredible win streak. But 50-1, to you understand why they're the biggest long shot. Is this division decided for you, Wes, or do you think – There's still some value there in the Pats at plus 550.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's baked into the cake here because Buffalo, by the way, about two touchdowns or 14 and a half, depending on where you look with the Atlanta Falcons, who still mathematically are alive, but they're one of those teams kind of in that boat, like the Saints, like the Washington football team, where it's like, okay, they're still alive, but they're going to need to not only win out, but they're going to need some help, so... Buffalo, look, big win last week and now have kind of uh, started to take control, you would think, of this division. Patriots do have Jacksonville in, so both teams have big, Favorite roles, that being Mm -hmm. the Bills and the Patriots this week. So assuming that they are going to win, you do have to then look to week 18 and see, okay, what is the scheduling spot going to be? The Buffalo Bills going to get the New York Jets, where right now on a look-ahead line, they'd be about 17-point favorites over the New York Jets. Meanwhile, New England's got to go on the road to Miami, who, look still, even with the loss, would be playing for something, perhaps. And we know watching just New England over the year, that's kind of been their tricky spot. No matter where it is on the schedule, whether it's in December or whether it's in early in the season, going down to Miami, they have really struggled in that spot. So that's why I think you're seeing $8 here. I certainly wouldn't go against it here. It looks like, by the way, in the Citrus Bowl Mm -hmm. down in Orlando – might have a third Spencer Petras interception. I'm delayed here. It looks—is that going to stand, Dave? It
2: looks like it, Wes, from from my vantage point here. Of course, all turnovers are reviewed, uh, obviously, but this one, if it holds, and I believe it's going to, this will end Iowa's uh, comeback bid here. Remember, they were down by ten at half. they half. They'd actually taken the lead here, 17-13. Had the fourth and one opportunity. It was on their own side of the field. Tried to get the hard count, didn't get it. Punted the football away. Kentucky comes down. And takes the lead here. And again, depending on what number you had, very much in play here. Because Kentucky, it did go to three and a half. Then some buyback came to Iowa to get it back down to three. Could be a lot of pushes across the board. And it looks like the under is going to hold here pre-flop in this game as well. If this interception holds. So we'll keep you updated there. Oklahoma State did kick a field goal. So now they're up by six. So that number, again, depending if you had Notre Dame pick, if you had Notre Dame minus two, if you had the minus one, that is still very much in the balance. But right now, Oklahoma State really has been taking command of this game in the second half. And by the way, the call is confirmed. Yeah. That's going to yep. do it. Kentucky can take knees, and West, they're going to get a 20-17 to 17 win in a wild Citrus Bowl.
1: Yeah, this is a, a rough couple days for the Big Ten here against the SEC. 0-3 in this spot, so who holds the honor for the Big Ten? Imagine that. It's <laughs> Purdue over Tennessee in the Music City Bowl. But uh, Michigan gets got by Georgia in a big way last night. Arkansas over Penn State in the Outback Bowl. And now Kentucky over Iowa. Iowa does have one timeout as the uh, the Hawkeye uh, uh, sits down in, in defeat with his head in his hands here, the Hawkeye mascot. So, Iowa can only stop the clock. Once Kentucky can just go ahead and take knees and Mark Stoops and his guys, Mark Stoops, by the way, going to beat his alma mater. Yep. Yeah, played at Iowa, of course. And his brother, Bob was on that staff for a long time. Iowa won the turnover battle or, or lost the turnover battle actually, because they only forced one, but Spencer Petras, three interceptions. So 2017, your final score in Orlando. Yeah,
2: absolutely. A uh, 10 win season for Kentucky, 10 win season for Iowa. Both those schools though, should be proud of, of the seasons they had there and came down to a great rock fight today, 20-17, to though. Kentucky gets the the win. Uh, Notre Dame does have the football back, 34-28, nine minutes to go there. We'll keep updating that one. The last current bowl game right now in play before we get to Utah and Ohio State. Let's go back to buy, sell, or hold. And this time, when you go to the AFC South, and I know it feels like, all right, this thing's wrapped up. It's the Titans. You understand why that number is so large here. But then you look at the Colts at 14 to 1. They do get Carson Wentz back now against the Raiders tomorrow. They're now eight point favorites to win that game. What would have to happen here if you want to back the Colts in the ultimate long shot to win this division, West, as you well know, is the Titans got to lose two, Colts got to win two. Any hope of that scenario at 14 to 1 for the shoe?
1: Yeah, it's hard to see because, of course, we know the Titans have swept the season series with Indianapolis. So the Titans basically got to lose their last two games and they are going to Houston now. Houston has been playing better. This would be the week 18 matchup, not tomorrow's matchup, but they'd be about 10-point favorites on the look ahead at Houston, and this is a Houston team that I think is still kind of trying, and it's a division game. Divisional road favorites are always a tricky bag here, even with a team that's down like Houston and a team with everything to play for like Tennessee. Tennessee can go ahead and put this to bed tomorrow, because if they win, they're going to clinch the AFC South. You've still, I think that price is probably a little bit high, though, yes. considering maybe this was maybe this was accounting for the fact that if Wentz wasn't going to play or if the Colts were going to have those COVID issues that we thought that they were going to have kind of early in the week when we go back to our Tuesday show. So, I still don't I still wouldn't take the Colts here. I think the Colts (laughs) are probably going to be a wild card. They win tomorrow against the Raiders. They are officially going to be in that wild card, more than likely setting up maybe for a third matchup with these two teams, because you could very well see the Tennessee Titans, like in a four five matchup or a three, six matchup once again with Indianapolis.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you again. You're really nibbling on something to say, well, can they go ahead and, and somehow win the next two and Tennessee lose the next two? It feels like, a really hard sell there. So I'm probably with it. Not a whole lot of value there, buy, sell, or hold. So we'll see how that plays out. Right now, Notre Dame is on the move. Second and 10 here uh, inside Oklahoma State Territory. Under eight minutes to go there. Still have about 45 minutes to kick off here between. Uh, Utah and Ohio states will give you uh, some numbers if they change here before they get to kick. But, again, just absolutely wild slate of afternoon bowl action, so we'll keep you updated there. Greg McElroy, speaking of Alabama, Alabama legend, going to join the program next. We'll talk Alabama and Georgia. It's Betting Across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: This is Betting
2: Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Save, save 50% off av Vsin V-CIN all-access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting split showing you where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today. You're also going to get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game Only $39 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook. He is Wes Reynolds over at Mandalay Bay. Wes, very quickly, Uh uh-oh, Jack Cohn gets picked as Notre Dame was deep inside Oklahoma State territory right now. Six-point lead for the Cowboys, Wes, and time is starting to become an issue for the Fighting Irish.
1: Yeah, he's really been good all afternoon, but bad decision by Jack Cohn. Now his first interception's got four hundred and forty eight yards through the air, but an untimely interception. Now Oklahoma State, seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter in the Fiesta Bowl. Thirty-four to twenty eight. Cowpokes lay in minus five and a half currently on the end game.
2: And gashing Marcus Freeman's defense with running, they get a big first down out around midfield. Right now. It is a pleasure to welcome former Alabama quarterback Greg McElroy, host of the McElroy and Cubic Show in the morning. Of course, does a great job at ESPN as a football analyst. There, uh, Greg, great to have you here. We know you got the call tonight on the Sugar Bowl, so let's get to that matchup first between the Baylor Bears and the Ole Miss Rebels. Here, we know Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin, uh, they're back for this one here. Right now, Ole Miss is a small favorite, almost a pick'em, but minus one here at BetMGM. What do you expect to see in this matchup? Do you think it's fireworks today, or does Dave Aranda's defense, which is really what Baylor's has, you know, hung their hat on all year, does that defense potentially get the better of Mac and company?
3: You know, good to be with you guys. I, I honestly, I think the biggest thing in this whole game, and really with Ole Miss as a whole throughout the course of the season, their defense is really underappreciated. I think people still have this false impression of who they are, what they've been. And how many points they gave up and yards they gave up last year. And they also probably think that Lane Kiffin doesn't care about defense. Now, while the last part of what I said might be true, (laughs) this is a group that actually has improved drastically. And I've always noticed, especially if you're looking for an angle, and I don't know if it will hold true in this game. I really genuinely don't. But I've noticed the under has been profitable, if I'm not mistaken, for Ole Miss games most of this year hmm. because that group continues to get slightly disrespected. Now, they can pile up points, but you actually look at it, statistically speaking, Matt Corral is not putting up insane yardage through the year. They're kind of a churn and burn team, and they don't play with outrageous tempo, but they do tempo you. However, they're more of a run-oriented approach than they are a pass-oriented approach. So I think they have a little bit of a misconception, especially for the casual public better. Um, so this game tonight, I think will be interesting, but it's two defenses that are both, I think pretty dang good.
1: And Greg, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth there. If you're a believer in recent trends, seven in a row to the under for Ole Miss. So the defense has absolutely gotten better, uh, trying to get that land shark back on that Ole Miss defense <laughs> down in Oxford, but looking into the offense though, Jeff Levy now going to take the offensive coordinator job at Oklahoma on the Brent Venable staff. So, I got to think offensively, not much changes, right, Greg, with Lane probably doing a little bit more of the play
3: calling? No, Levy's, uh, Levy's full go tonight. And it's partly okay. because – Yeah, so Levy was formerly at Baylor. Uh, and I, I think that there's a little bit of an ax to grind there. Now, he has not said that publicly. That's just my own thought process. Because Why else would he be doing this? <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's kind of that's where it's at like the head coach can call the place so like why is levy going to be involved in the game Now he told us well the reason why i'm doing it is because i love matt corral and and i understand that and i appreciate that and i know they have a special relationship but ultimately matt corral is not going to help him win games at oklahoma so i i think that there might be a slight axe to grind um with his motivation against the administration and against baylor as a whole but i i think that levy will Obviously, still be running the offense, and and while Lane gets a lot of credit, uh, it's actually been Levy's show since they've been in Oxford.
2: Talking with Greg McElroy does a great job at ESPN as a college football analyst. Follow him on Twitter at Greg McElroy. And Greg, let's talk a little bit about Baylor's offense because we always talk about Dave Miranda's defense. What is it about the Baylor Bears offense? Is it going to be run physical up front, try to control the line of scrimmage, and play keep away to a degree from Matt Corral in that old Miss offense?
3: You know, what's funny, and you look at how um, you look at Bama Cincinnati last night, and what did Bama do? They pounded Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. The only other time we saw that style of attack from Alabama this year was actually against Ole Miss. And I think partly because Ole Miss is a little bit gettable in the front. They're really good against the pass. They have Sam Williams coming off the edge, who's excellent with the pass rush when it's an obvious passing situation. They also, I think, have athletic enough linebackers to be able to run but they're not very big and I think you can pound it on them and one thing that I've known now is Baylor as physical as Alabama P- probably not uh, especially not along the offensive line uh, a lot of the Baylor offensive line and the sum is kind of greater than each individual part but their running back Abe Smith was formerly a linebacker and that should tell you all you need to know he made the <laughs> switch this fall camp and runs angry and is really good for this style of offense that wants to get guys moving horizontally and then hit you vertically. So a lot of stretch zones, a lot of perimeter runs, but Jeff Grimes' offense, uh, Jeff Grimes was at LSU as the offensive line coach, went to BYU to become the offensive coordinator, and now has taken over the job, obviously, at Baylor. So uh, if you want to know his history and pedigree, if I tell you LSU what comes to mind, Yeah, I think that should kind of tell you what you can expect from what they are
1: greg mcelroy our guest and he will be on the call on the sugar bowl tonight with joe tessitore and katie george on espn and greg let's get to of course the final game of the season which is going to be next monday and same song different verse georgia alabama the uh, the sec look uh When you're the SEC, you know you're going to get danced on when you don't have some success, at least early on in the bowl season. But the demise has been greatly exaggerated, at least from the last day of 2021 and the first day of 2022. Georgia, Alabama, second time around. Georgia Bulldogs lay in about two and a half, total 52 and a half. What do you think might be different the second time around in this matchup, if anything at all?
3: Well, when I watched Georgia in the SEC championship game, it was a very uninspired effort, you know, I mean, and and conversely, I mean, Alabama was playing with the back against the wall, a desperate team that really played phenomenally well that game. And that's what happens. I don't care. I think there was a big exaggeration. I mean, I think Georgia, I'm not sure if there was an additional way for me to take them yesterday. First quarter, first half game. Uh, you know, it's, like, it's like I mean, every way, it's like you gotta take Georgia, right? Because it feels like when you have a favorite, and wink, wink, I'm thinking the same way about Ohio State. When you have a favorite that's been telling, been told how terrible they are for the last month, it certainly raises my eyebrows as a competitor. So uh, I think that this is definitely a scenario where. Georgia is going to play much, much better in the national championship. Now, will it be enough? I don't know. I think partly the big question is 100% going to be, can they put pressure on Bryce Young? That's really what it comes down to because Bryce Young is sensational when it comes to extending plays and did an amazing job of that the first time around. And Georgia just could never penetrate what's been kind of an offensive line that's been pushed around from time to time. If Georgia strengths their defensive line, why couldn't they get pressure? And that is still kind of running around in my, my head as to whether or not that's uh, possible. But the line at two and a half, I mean, I would think that the public's action is certainly going to be backing Alabama, um, which makes me think, go the other way. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's obvious that, that Georgia is a different team today than they were that SEC championship game. And the team we saw last night was the team we saw throughout the regular season.
2: we got about 90 seconds left with Greg McElroy, the former outstanding quarterback at Alabama. Greg, look, this Alabama team came oh so close to not even being in the college football playoff if the Iron Bowl goes a different way. A very close game there against Auburn. What has this team been? How, how have you, ever since the A&M loss, what do you make of what Nick Saban has done with this group to get them back in position to win another national championship?
3: Uh, I mean, it's it's been awesome, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been able to press the right buttons. It was a young team that had some immaturity. There's no denying that. And you can tell by just how they played in bunches and spurts. They were just very stop and start. And if you're very stop and start, I mean – what does that tell you? If you're inconsistent, what does that tell you? I mean, they're just a little immature, but I think they've come of age a little bit, and now he has their full attention saying, hey, man, you do it like I tell you to do it. Look what the result is. That's against Georgia. You look, you do it how you guys want to do it, it the result's Auburn. So I think he has their attention, but they have some great playmakers, and those guys have kind of come of age, uh, and some of the young guys, especially a wide receiver, have really stepped up the last couple outings.
2: Yeah, been a great turnaround here for Nick Saban and company here as they're primed again getting two-and-a-half points right now against Georgia in that rematch. Hey, Greg, have a great call tonight in the Sugar Bowl. Really appreciate the time here on VEASAN, and, uh, and happy New Year to you here in 2022.
3: Hey, you guys do the same. Thanks so much. All right,
2: great having Greg McElroy on here. And again, he'll be on the call tonight for Ole Miss against Baylor. Right now, it is dicey for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, to say the least. Oklahoma State, I believe they've got a potential first down now Uh, Deep inside Notre Dame territory, already up six, but maybe a turnover as well. Don't go anywhere again. This is getting crazy. These games have been crazy. That's under review right now. Notre Dame down six. Come on back. It's Beeson, the sports betting network.
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
2: this is betting across america on VCN, the sports
1: betting network
2: BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on New Year's Day. Simply place a $10 money high wager on any sport to win 200 bucks in free bets. Just use the bonus code VEACEN200 when you make your very first wager. Enjoy the holiday like never before and score big with a King of Sports book. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code Visa200 to win 200 bucks in free bets when you bet on any sport on New Year's Day. Start off the year on the right foot and discover why there's nothing like a win at BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. He is at Mandalay Bay. I am here at Circus Sportsbook. And Wes, we've got Drama, Notre Dame, 4th and 7 at their own Mm -hmm. 15. 2.44 to go. This, my friend, is the last hurrah for Jack Cohn and company. And it looks like it's going to be incomplete. So Oklahoma Mm -hmm. State, I'm checking the timeouts here for Notre Dame. Looks like they still have three. What'd you make that decision by, Marcus Freeman? There, because if you've got three timeouts at your own fifteen on fourth and seven, I know you haven't stopped them at all in the second half. Is that the rationale there, instead of kicking and trying I, to get the ball I, you back? No, I
1: actually don't. I actually don't mind it here because the, the other team has taken the momentum, and you got that turnover. You've had basically nothing go right in this second half for Notre Dame. They have not scored a point, and really. It should have been a first down on third down. Uh, Lindsey, the tight end, just dropped the ball, so they should have had a first down there, and then Cone tries to throw it down the sideline, ball batted away, so it is three timeouts now. You are putting Oklahoma State in field goal range, but I think it was just Marcus Freeman like, I've got to take a stand here. We've had nothing go right. Maybe this was the lucky break we needed in terms of getting that turnover to go ahead and do that, but it has put Oklahoma State absolutely in field goal range. Now Notre Dame is forced to go ahead and take those timeouts, and that's what they're they are going to have to try to do what they were doing the last drive and try to poke the ball out, yep. and they were ripping at the ball, and, you know, Marcus Freeman and that defensive staff coaches them to do that. If they give a field goal here, it's going to be a two-score game, and it's pretty much going to be all she wrote for the Irish.
2: And I know a lot of people are going to say, boy, this is a, a choke job, 28-7 you led, 28-14 at halftime, but the defense has created turnovers, even though they can't really get a stop here in the second half. It's really been the offense right here ever since being up 28-7 midway through the second quarter, Wes. They've been completely shut down by Mike Gundy and his Cowboys defense.
1: Yeah, they, they absolutely have, and uh, look, we were talking about early how much Oklahoma State they were missing Jim Knowles, who is the defensive coordinator for this unit that's been awesome pretty much all season, one of the best defenses in the country, and Jim Knowles, of course, no longer the D.C., he is going to take over the job against Ohio or at Ohio State here coming on January 2nd, which is tomorrow, by the way, Ohio State about a little over 22 minutes away from a kickoff against Utah in the Rose Bowl. Ohio State now down to about four-point favorite. We'll monitor some late line movement mm-hmm. there. Uh, saw as low as three and a half in the market. It never quite got to three. So if you're looking for that buy spot on Ohio State, kind of like I was, where I bought a little off of my Utah position, even though I'm keeping more on the early number on the Utah position. So uh, we shall see. This is probably going to close four, though, here at the Rose Bowl, but we're a little over 20 minutes away.
2: All right, so we keep you updated on that as we get ready for the kickoff there at the Rose Bowl but winding down the Fiesta Bowl, which has been a wild affair. Could be a wild affair down there tomorrow in Jair World as the Arizona Cardinals come limping in down there deep in the heart of Texas. They're getting six, and this line move has gone the way of the Cowboys where the money's been coming in there for Dallas as this has been pushed up to six here West. You see that total relatively high at 51 and a half. Now, again, for Cowboy backers like myself, if you remember last year's game, it was a demolition. Kyler Murray had his way. With his Cowboy defense, obviously there was no Micah Parsons. There was no uh, Mike Nolan is long gone now. Dan Quinn has done a great job of flipping the script here defensively. What do you make of the side in total here? Even as a Cowboy backer, it feels a little bit high here with that uptick going to the boys in Big D.
1: Yeah, and I think your instinct is right there, Dave. I do think it's inflated. I did take the Arizona Cardinals at plus six in this spot. And look, when you look at what Dallas did last week, I mean, 56 to 14 that's very impressive in primetime but betters I think not only remember what they see last but especially when it's in a primetime standalone game and Dallas scored 56 points that's the most in the history of the franchise since 1980. Uh, They did that against Washington, had the Washington guys fighting on the sidelines. It's like, how the hell can you bet against the Cowboys now? Well, that's exactly, I think, when you want to come in. Arizona has lost three straight, and it's kind of put out there. The narrative is now out there in the media in terms of, what Cliff not only did at Texas Tech, but what he's done in Arizona. They start out hot, and then they kind of fade a little bit down the stretch. Kingsbury, with that loss to Indianapolis last Saturday night, now goes to 4-10 and as a home favorite. And just has not really been good in that role. But if you look at the advanced metrics, Dave, these two clubs, even though they look like they're going in opposite directions are very even you know one of the metrics i like to look at the advanced stats is epa which is expected points added per play the cardinals ranked seventh offensively in that category the cowboys 10th offensively mm. in that category on defense the uh, expected points added per play where you obviously want to be on the minus side because you want to take away points from the other team cowboys number one in the league but arizona not too far behind them at fourth in the league in that category so statistical profile says that these two teams are relatively even but Cowboys get a little inflated not only off that performance but also off the fact that you know they're 12 and 3 ATS that's the best record in the National Football League and which is impressive when you look at a Cowboys team that most weeks you know even when they're kind of down the cowboys because they're such a national brand and a Mm -hmm. national team are always kind of a public team and this being no exception especially when you go 12 and three against the number but I actually like Arizona here I do think Kingsbury is kind of in the role that he prefers which is as an underdog and I mentioned last week too I thought that that Arizona team was very poorly coached and very poorly prepared they were getting penalties they just weren't very sharp they weren't making the right calls when you had the Colts down four offensive line starters and Arizona and Kingsbury is sending a three man rush it's like okay what are you guys doing here so this is not the best coach team but one thing I will say for Cliff he is very good in this role, which is as an underdog just in general. 17-7-2 against the number, and on the road as an underdog 12-3-2. So he doesn't get it done at home, but Kingsbury and the Cardinals have been road warriors, so I'm banking on him being that. Tomorrow, currently, I took him at 6. You are seeing, I think, a couple six and halves in the market. I don't think this is going to get to 7. I think if it did, it'd get gobbled up in about a split second, because you're always going to look for value on key numbers, but I do like Arizona here, and, and they're already in the playoffs. But this is a team that they may face in this exact mm-hmm. matchup. So you got to see a little bit of life out of Arizona that we have not seen in the last few weeks.
2: As a Cowboy backer here, I'm right there with you. I don't like that number at all. So this is a teasable scenario for me. But I think you find a dance partner here, six-point tease for Dallas, make that an Al Davis game, just win, baby. That's probably the way I'm going to play this, Wes. And also, if you like the over in this one, I would advise you to get it now. Because I think you're going to see late money come in on the over tomorrow before kickoff, and I think that number will shoot up from mm-hmm. 51 and a half. Uh Very quickly, Wes, what's up? Yeah, it about- opened
1: 50, and now you're seeing 51 51 and a half.
2: Absolutely. So I think you see that number ticking up, and I think it's going to keep going up. Let's talk about another number that's gone up here, and this is the Broncos against the Chargers. And again, Brandon Staley, the Chargers, very tough team to figure out week to week. They're- this was down inside of a touchdown for all week. Now it's shot over. To eight points. We know Drew Locke is going to play for the Broncos, and it's probably not good news there for Vic Fangio and company because we know they just sometimes don't trust him. That's why Teddy Bridgewater was a starting quarterback. But do you really trust the Chargers here, Wes, to lay over a touchdown against the Broncos?
1: Yeah, I did not. uh, I missed the number. This may be a usable play in the contests out here at six and a half because those lines obviously stay static when they're released midweek. But a lot of this move, Dave, I think is because of of COVID-19 where it looks like you're going to have a few missing players for the uh, Chargers. I know Bradley Chubb got put on that list, and he has been ruled out. Wide receiver Jerry Judy has been ruled out. Tim Patrick has been ruled out. Whoa. So I have no idea who's playing receiver for the Broncos. Plus, uh, tackle Bobby Massey out. Corner Bryce Callahan going to be out due to COVID nineteen. And you all, you already had, I believe, a couple uh, questionable guys for Denver in terms of the uh, receivers and whatnot. Cortland Sutton, by the way, at least they did get him upgraded to probable. So it looks like he's going to go. So they're going to have at least one guy to throw the ball to. But yeah, this has already moved to the. Chargers I think because of these COVID concerns Chargers at least in a little bit better stead Denver not officially eliminated, but, boy, they would need all the help in the world. They need to have literally every scenario go their way to make the playoffs. Chargers in a little bit better shape, but not very good as a home favorite. 6-13-1 over their last 20, 2-7 and seven against the number in their last seven games. But probably where I would go here is Chargers tease or tease that down from seven and a half to about one and a half.
2: Exactly. you picking up what I'm putting down, Wes. I'm feeling you there because that's that's the dance partner for the Cowboys that I would advise as well before this number goes up maybe through 9 For that teaser protection right now at 8, feels like a good spot for the Chargers and the Cowboys. Very quickly, Oklahoma State up 9 now in Notre Dame. Under 90 seconds to go there in regulation. Come on back. It is VEASAN, the sports Betting Network.